Up next on Your Best Bet, we review the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Bryson DeChambeau overpowers his way to another victory. We review that. We talk about Bryson. Although he is eccentric and he's kind of uh, nerdy and he is kind of awkward. I think he's good for the game. We talk about him. We talk about what he's done in the last year. We get into Lee Westwood, Jordan Spieth, and uh, Rory McIlroy coming out with a quote that is uh, a little concerning if you're a fan of his. Uh, Then we also talk about the Players' Championship this week. It's the so-called fifth major in golf. Uh, We go through the entire field. And when I say entire, I mean we're down there talking about 300 to one shots, 500 to one shots by the end of the podcast. So stick with us. Maybe you'll find something good there at the end. Um, Before we get to that, I want to talk about the Golf Garage once again. Uh, These guys are doing such a great job of making a huge impact on the golf scene in Fort Wayne the last year. Um, Check out the, uh, the store on the north side of Fort Wayne. Get in there, work on your game, work on your golf swing with the TrackMan simulator. Check out your numbers, what you got to work on. If you need any club fitting, club repair, uh, Dave and Matt will hook you up. Check out their website, golfgaragefw.com. And also, I want to give a shout out to our sound guy, Josh Cross. Josh is the guitarist from Swimming Into View, who is... um, Their song is obviously part of our intro and exit to the podcast. Um, He is working on every podcast that we put out, and he is making the sounds quality much better than it normally would be. So I wanted to give a shout out to Josh. Um, Thank him for all his work publicly. and appreciate you uh, being on our side. Um, So let's get to the podcast. Welcome to your best bets. We have the Players Championship, players in all caps this week. And we have a, another tournament where we go down to the wire and it's uh, it's been a really run of good tournaments this season, uh, especially as we got into 2021 here. Um, we'll get into Bryson and everything that happened this weekend. And of course, we'll look forward to the fifth major quote unquote on the PGA tour this week. Uh, we're going three wide again this week because it's such a large tournament. Johnny Strauser is back once again, Johnny, welcome. Good to be back. Good to be back and talk about this tournament. It's a good event. Looking forward to it. Wasn't a good week for the picks finally. No, it wasn't. No, we, uh, we definitely had a, little bit of a, a clunker of a week, but after that really good stretch there, um, you know, we were kind of due for it. So hopefully we'll uh, uh, rebound this week with some good picks of the players. I look at API as like a, uh, that was sort of a, a nice pause for us to get uh, uh, reorganized with it. And uh, we'll get, we'll get it back going this week with the players uh, back after a couple weeks off Mark Beneke Mark, I know you have some takes for this week. A lot of Bryson takes, I'm sure, correct? I think that's safe to say. I uh, obviously, like like 
everyone it seems was was wildly entertained watching uh the weekend at, at the api so yeah looking forward to discussing what happened last week and then uh you know kind of nice to have the players championship back after obviously what happened last year so I think I feel like I say this all the time, but the players again, one of my favorite tournaments to watch. So no, thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Bryson DeChambeau is, uh, I was talking about this with Mark just a second ago before we went live is he's such a lightning rod in the sport. Um, good. Whether you like him or not, I think he is really good for the sport. He does draw eyes. Maybe that wouldn't normally be watching. Um, and sort of similar to Jordan Spieth, when I was talking about this with Johnny a few weeks ago, uh, you know, one of the guys that can really uh, draw emotion out of people and Bryson does that. And a lot of it is negative. Um, I don't know if the tide is turning on that based on what we saw this weekend, uh, you know, with the, the, the drives on number six on the weekend. Um, but everything that this guy is about with, with the, the weight gain and, you know, the quote unquote physics that he, he has, uh, I guess, brought into the game with his golf swing. Um, there's so, so many layers to this guy. Um, but there's one thing that I, I, I want to say about him is, uh, he's, he, he's sort of a closer, um, and he's, he's already got quite a few wins on tour. I think it's his eighth win, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I mean, he's already won at the Memorial, won the API, won the U.S. Open, won a couple playoff events. So he's also a pretty big game hunter here. Um, uh, Mark, your your impressions on what Bryson did, and um, you know, kind of kind of what he has brought to the game the last year with all of this um, uh, his extreme distance that he's brought in. Yeah, you know, I think what's what's awesome about Watching Bryson, uh, you had alluded to before we went live, you said it was almost a happy Gilmore uh, scene on the sixth hole Saturday. Um, you know, he certainly brings eyeballs. Uh, one of the few players, maybe you can count these guys on one hand, uh, who has the quote unquote star power to bring in casual sports fans. I think what's neat about Bryson, though, you know, he is so much more than just this bomber, obviously, um, I think he had mentioned, uh, in the post round, um, 18th green interview, you know, how much Arnold Palmer meant to him. Obviously this guy's a student of the game historian, you know, you put his golf knowledge, golf IQ, call it what you want up there with anyone, you know, what, what he's doing, it's, you, you can't take your eyes away. It's always, um, you're always going to get, you'd call them a content machine a few weeks back. And you're absolutely right. Again, I think <laughs> Brandel Chambly, um, who, you know, never holds back his words. He put up a screenshot of some of Bryson's numbers from over the weekend. And he said, if that's not entertainment, I don't know what is right. So uh, it's a lot of fun to watch him. You know, he, he's obviously, I think he's built his game to, um, you know, peak at, at the right times, which we're seeing with so many of these young players, obviously, um, any wins a great win, but he's not winning a lot of, uh, John Deere classics. You know, this guy is winning on classic designs, um, right. you know, is so his game, his game's only going to continue to grow. It's just, 
Um, again, not to, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if this guy can avoid injury, which is going to be a big if, um, doing what he is doing, uh, you know, the sky's the limit. <clears throat> uh, Mark, I wanted to correct you. Uh, I, I think you wanted to call Arnold Palmer, Mr. Mr. Palmer, right, out of an abundance of respect. Um, heard that quite a bit this weekend. Uh, I'll get into yes. that. Um, uh, Johnny, what'd you make of Bryson this weekend um, and your thoughts on, on what we saw in number six with him? Well, I mean, as far as the player, um, it, it's it's pretty remarkable that he can, you know, transform his body and choose to to play a, a style of golf that you'd think was not set up for these types of golf courses that he's winning at these playoff events, uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, the U.S. Open. I mean, hitting hitting it kind of anywhere, the bomb and gouge type um, type way. You just wouldn't expect that that these are the types of golf courses that he'd have success on. But as Mark alluded to, you know. As smart as he is, as as understanding of what he's got in his game, both in his long game, his his mid range game, and and his short game, he can he can utilize his strengths for for that week um, to play good golf. And, and yeah, he could carry it, you know, three fifty, three sixty, if he wants to to hit it like that. But he can also know when he's got to hit a fairway, and he's got to his little 295 buttercut fairway finder. I mean, he can, he can do that when he needs to. And, and I mean, he's turning into one of the really reliable, good closers uh, in the game. I mean, when this guy's got a lead here, I mean, he, it's really, really hard not to trust him to close it out there. And I, I think uh, from a betting aspect, if we're going to look at it like that, um, you, you've got to look when you, when you live bet him, I mean, you got to feel pretty good up about it. I ended up doing that, uh, uh, Friday night and Saturday night and even Sunday morning is throwing money on him because it was like, I felt with the type of game that, that he could play on any type of golf course, as long as he's making the putts that he needs to make. I mean, this guy is going to win a lot of events like that. And as far as, um, hole six at, at the Arnold Palmer Invitational went, Anybody who didn't see any of the golf coverage or hear about it, you, you got to kind of check it out. It's just horseshoe par five, like four, 530 yards. And what was the carry to the green? Like 350, 360, something like that. Yeah, I thought um, it was just under 350. Like yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, taking it just right of the green there and, and kind of acting like a, you know, just having fun with it, kind of. You know, when he threw his arms up and, and he's, you know, fist bumping his caddy and laughing and stuff like that, that stuff's kind of cool because, you know, it shows there's a little bit of personality in there. And, and he's such a polarizing guy because a lot of people don't like his his arrogance and, and how, you know, he gets aggravated at just the, the, the littlest things there. But that kind of humanizes him a little bit there that he, you know, hits this just massive bomb of a drive both times and it kind of celebrates it as it's in the air there and i think uh that kind of makes him a little bit more likable to me i mean don't you think uh, actually that's what i asked i asked mark <laughs> right before we came on i said i think maybe the tide has turned slightly with with what we saw on number six i still think he's incredibly cringeworthy his celebrations are awkward to watch he's socially awkward um, he's kind of a clown. I think he's kind of a nerd and then he's kind of, he's arrogant as well. So he's got all these layers to him, but everything about 
when he wins. His celebrations looks like he's got some incredible Hulk thing going on when he makes his final putt. And then he's reeling off the sponsors like he's a NASCAR driver. I mean, it's just, it's unlike anything I've seen. And I'm just shaking my head like, nope, nope, don't do it. Don't say it. And then, you know, I want to thank Cobra. I want to thank whatever his protein drink is. It just, it just, it's so awkward to me. Um, but you do have to respect what he's doing. You may not like it, uh, but I mean, the results speak for themselves. And I didn't even think he played that well on Sunday. Um, he kind of grinded it out. He made a bomb on number four. He made a long par putt on, I think, 12. That really kept it going. Um, but I thought it was really telling. You know, we've, we've been talking about the distance debate here a little bit. Um, on 15, you know, the fairway that was unfair and impossible to hold, he gets it down there, I think, around one. 30 and Westwood's got about 180 in and right there's the difference because he can hit wedge muscle out of wedge onto the green on these firm fast greens while Westwood has to hit a mid iron in and uh, out of the rough and that's the difference and that's why at a place like Torrey Pines where the U.S. Open is I mean he's going to be incredibly live just just like he was at um, Wingfoot for the same reason, because if everyone's going to be hitting in the rough, I'll take the guy that's 50, 60 yards in front of everyone and can he can still hit his wedge high enough to hold these U.S. Open type greens. Um, uh, Mark, which, what I, I, I want to talk about Westwood, but any final thoughts about uh, Bryson? Well, to your point, I think I think if you look at the formula, he, uh, you know, employed to win at Wingfoot last fall, he hit a shot out of the rough, uh, Sunday, which was vintage tiger 2000 with the leg kick and all, I don't know if you'd caught that one. So yeah, I mean, the game absolutely sets up, um, for, for all those courses. No, I, I think, you know, just to kind of wrap it up on Bryson, um, I think Lee Westwood, and it'll kind of give us a good, uh, sort of a good, um, trans transition here into our Westwood conversation. But I think as, as fun and as exciting as Bryson is, uh, that's what makes this game so great. I doubt Lee Westwood was on anybody's, uh, boards last week heading in. And you look at a guy that's 48 years old, you know, watching Sunday afternoon sort of put me in mind of the 2019 players championship. And when Jim Furyk sort of took Rory McIlroy down to the wire, uh, it, it was similar just because timing, et cetera. But, uh, I found myself kind of rooting for Westwood. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, a guy that I don't have, think has a whole lot of support amongst the casual American golf fan. Um, but Norm, you know, now, uh, 48 years of age, um, two time winner on the tour. You know, I was, I was really pulling for him. I think it showed a lot about where his game is. I know he's kind of found a resurgence as of late. Um, you know, sort of recommitted to getting his body right and getting his, uh, you know, mental health back to where it needs to be to compete. So I thought it was great to watch Westwood. You know, I, I, one thing I was curious to get your guys' take on, uh, there was some Twitter, uh, conversation in the Twitter verse that reignited the, the ruling, whether or not you think relief should be given from a divot in the middle of the fairway. I don't think it had a huge impact but but i certainly uh i'm anxious to hear your guys' take on something like that yeah johnny go ahead what what okay i'll simply ask what's a divot i mean that's that's the problem is what's the definition of 
of a divot. I mean, yeah, it's unfair. And, and that was a pretty terrible circumstance that, that came up on the 18th hole there. But I mean, you know, I, I think that's something that the, the, the governing bodies have always, um, you know, have trouble defining because how are, you know, what I think a divot is where my ball's at versus if, if, you know, Phil and I are playing in a match where your ball's sitting, if I think you're in a divot and that's just, sometimes it's not as clear cut and something like that, where it's actually sitting in a Sandy divot. Yeah. That was definitely in one, but at what point does, does one, you know, uh, assume it's in one and, and when, what it does it. So I think it's one of those things that it just, it's, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation uh, that it happened, but it, it would be nice to do that. Cause I've been, I, I played in events before and in money games where I've been in a divot and it's, it's where I wanted relief, but you know, it's where does it start? Where does it end? And, and I don't think there's a clear cut answer that anybody can give for that. Yeah. I, I think that's well said. There's just no way to define it. Sorry, Phil. Oh no, you're good. I was, I was just going to agree that I just, it's too grave an area. Um, You'd probably get a guy like uh, Patty Reed always finding a way to get relief from, from a situation like that. Um, there we go. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Back to Westwood though. I was, I was incredibly impressed and I, I didn't think he'd hang around as long as he did on Sunday. Um, uh, but his ball striking is still pretty elite and uh, it is too bad. The guy could never get a lot of confidence going with his putter I think it probably cost him a major or two along the way, but it's still pretty cool to see a guy at his age, 48 years old. And and I do this once in a while, these guys that get in their mid to late forties and they kind of resurface and I'll be like, Oh man, I didn't even, I didn't even realize Westwood was still going, I, you know, but he, that happened last year and he, he played really well last year. And uh, uh, who knows? He might, he might have, he might, he kind of profiles decently for, for this week. Uh, I mean, I don't see him winning the players, but, I, you know, he might be on a, a little mini heater. Um, um, and I, he, he's kind of a likable guy. He kind of falls into this, these, these Englishmen that, you know, seem like they have a good sense of humor. Um, he met, he mentioned something I want to get your guys' take on. He mentioned on Saturday that he doesn't take the game as seriously. And like he takes it um, as seriously as he said when he was 20 years old and he said in his thirties, he started to try too hard, care too much about what people thought. And now in his forties, he's free wheeling it. And, uh, there's a certain freedom, uh, playing golf when you kind of just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go hit it and wherever it goes, I'm going to find it again, hit it again. And, uh, it seems like he's sort of enjoying a resurgence. Johnny. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, as, as we all get older, um, you know, in not only golf, but in just a lot of, a lot of things that we do in life. I mean, you just kind of let things roll off a little bit easier and you don't take things as seriously. And you kind of learn how to prepare differently uh, for golf as, as you get older. And, you know, that's, that's a really good attitude to take because I, I am sure even though he was number one in the world there that uh, I, I don't think that, uh, uh, I, I bet that really bothered him that he couldn't win uh, in the United States, couldn't win a major championship. And, you know, that's, that had to have eaten away at him. And at some point you just figured, you know what, I, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at in life. I'm happy with where my golf game is. I'm just going to, you know, I know how to prepare, but I'm not going to worry too much about the results. And 
I, I think this conversation is going to come up with another uh, European guy who we're probably going to talk later on here in this podcast that may may want to adapt to that. Um, you know, quite a bit younger there, but uh, but that's something that uh, that can be learned. And you look at a lot of these guys who've had that kind of success later on in their careers that they've taken this sort of attitude and. And I, I know when Westwood was first out there in, in Ryder Cups, and he was this kind of you know coy Englishman. I never really cared for him, but as he's gotten more laid back, and you know, it was just something that you know it's, it's nicer to see him succeed at 48 years old. I mean, this guy's almost uh, Champions Tour age and, and playing this well. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Spieth, uh, he just defies. He defies numbers. He defies statistics. Um, he, uh, I'll eat crow. I picked him to miss the cut. I didn't think this was a speed course. Uh, in, in some way, in some ways, it wasn't. Um, but he, he still managed to get in contention once again. And um, it's, it's almost like this. It's like this drug, right? Where you have these, these super high highs and these super low lows, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, but Man, it, he's become like the most exciting player on tour to watch because it's it's insanity. What what happened on the front nine on Saturday was it was crazy. Um, uh, I mean, I haven't I haven't jumped out of my seat and yelled like I did on Saturday number two when I was watching live and saw him. You know, uh, you know, make the hole one on two, and then he hits the next ball in the water on three on his tee shot. He still he makes a forty footer for par. I mean this doesn't seem sustainable long-term, right? No, I, I don't, I certainly don't think it is, but you know, you know, he sort of, this has always been his MO, right? It is obviously it was well documented that uh, even, even when he was at his height, Phil, I don't think he was known as the elite ball striker that some of the other guys were that consistently found themselves If you heard that i had a phone call coming in um <laughs> no i just think that uh it certainly nothing um in the real world would tell us that this is sustainable but uh i think he's back i think i think he's back and i'm not sure how i don't know what switched uh but you know kind of kind of to your point who knows maybe there's a uh we had just talked about it with lee westwood i think with age comes perspective and you know, I think this guy maybe was down and out for enough time um, that, you know, maybe maybe something clicked and realizes he's not getting any younger and sort of become more, um, you know, been more accepting uh, of his results, uh, you know, but but he's back, I think. And I love it. You know, I, I love I love him and Michael Greller going back and forth. I love the fan interaction. Um, so, no, while, while it shouldn't be sustainable. I, I, I think it's going to be sustained at least for a big 2021 season tour championship type season. Three top fives in the last four events. Uh, Johnny, are, are you on board with that? Is Spieth back? Is he back? Is he back to win as a legitimate contender? I would say, I mean, I would say yes. I mean, I, I think though, as you know, to kind of what, Mark said, I think it's sustainable for Jordan Spieth. I mean, you look at these really good players and they 
I have certain ways that they play golf. And I, I didn't realize this as much until the last uh, month or two, but guys who knew Jordan Spieth as a junior golfer and, and at the University of Texas, I think like Daniel Berger had mentioned it. I'm sure Justin Thomas had mentioned it. He'd always been this crooked driver, decent iron player, and just unbelievable putter his entire career here. So this is, I think this is just him. And and you get the high highs because when it's working, I think his mental game is is extremely strong. And you know, it doesn't doesn't hurt at all to have a uh, a great putter. And but his lows though are are just is going to be as bad as you can have. Um, he's not that typical tour player that has the high ceiling or a high floor and, and, you know, whatever for the ceiling there. So he's going to have those bad, bad streaks, but yeah, I would definitely now uh, consider him for, for win bets going forward. I think he's kind of entered that threshold that I would not feel uncomfortable betting him. If I saw some good odds on a course that, I felt pretty good about well, of him winning because it's, it's now, I think a point of, it's just a matter of time. I mean, you do not finish top five this many times on the PJ tour in succession with uh, you know, with, with just total smoke and mirrors and he's got his own way of smoke and mirrors, but a hot putter is, is the uh, best way to correct uh, you know, mediocre ball striking. The, the stats, um, I mean, he's 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 gained over four strokes on, on approach in, in three of the last four tournaments. Um, he's still gaining around the green and putting. Um, he did lose strokes off the tee this week. Um, my theory is, is if he's a zero driver, we say this about what Colin Morikawa, if he's, you know, a zero putter, he's going to contend. Uh, mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, if they're zero putting or just above average putting, they're going to contend. I think with Spieth, if he's if he's a zero driver, he'll probably be you know in the top ten at least and in, in, in the mix. Um, also, I was thinking about this Sunday. It, it feels like Spieth gets every shot out of his game, n- nearly. He maximizes his score, and I'm watching Bryson, and I feel the opposite. I feel like this guy should be four or five under. I mean, just the way that he. Uh, you know, his position on some of these holes. And it feels like Bryson's the opposite where, uh, man, I feel like he's coming up short on, on a lot of, you know, the par fives and short par fours and, and, and they end up with the same score. So I don't know. It's kind of weird how, how golf works like that. Um, I think we, we've all been around the game long enough to know that it can, it can, you know, it can, it can go that way, but um, speed just seems like he's, he's pulling the rabbit out of the hat so often um i'm i'm a little bit in between i'm not sure if he's back i i I think i texted johnny i i believe but i'm not really sure i believe for sure um uh final final thoughts on um the arnold palmer um i thought nbc was what it was one of the worst telecasts i've seen nbc do um in quite some time um and i actually like nbc over cbs except this year, I, I've said CBS has stepped it up a lot. I think they've really stepped up the game. I thought NBC fell short. I couldn't. I, I I'm going to start doing, and it won't be this week because their best telecast of the year will be the Players Championship. It always is. Um, but there was some. 
it was an extreme amount of commercials and very, uh, you know, they return from a commercial. And I think one time I timed it five minutes later, they were back to another commercial. Uh, Corey Connors makes Eagle on 16 while they're in the plane through. Um, uh, I, I, I'm just, I, and I, I, I could not handle one more player's reference. I just couldn't do it. Um, or another Mr. Palmer reference. And, uh, you know, you can, you can, give me all the negative uh, feedback on that you want, but it, it was just too much for me too overkill. And I, like I said, I love NBC. I love the Florida swing. It makes me feel like springs back. I, I get a good feeling in the air. I like the visuals of telecast, but I thought everything else about it just kind of sucks. Um, Mark, did you have any thoughts on it? <clears throat> well, to, to your point with the, with the Corey Connors Eagle during the playthrough segment, I think if it wasn't, Bryson DeChambeau on Sunday, NBC wanted nothing of it. Like I felt, and again, rightfully so. We had just talked about how he brings eyes to the game, but I thought, um, I thought it was almost overboard on on that. You know, if um, I, I the whole Mr. Palmer stuff, yeah, it gets a little. I mean, I hate saying that. Obviously, you want to treat a, a legend of the game with reverence. You're at his place. I, I, I understand all that, but I think sometimes golf. Um, you know, kind of gets that back. You know, that's like Tom Brady on the stage referencing Mr. Montana in the Super Bowl. Like, dude, it's 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 Arnie, right? It's it's Joe. So, um, you know, I I, I think that NBC. I, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, and I'm sure there's someone out there that does this that tracks commercials. Uh, you weren't alone there. I certainly don't think. I think Sunday afternoon golf is getting more and more like that. But at the same time, if, if they know that, uh, there's probably some, some new eyes tuning in, um, you can't really blame them. I mean, I think, uh, looking at what's happened with ratings of, of certain, um, you know, not big three type sports, NHL and throw in NASCAR for, for sake, I think, um, you know, if there are still this many companies that are coming to the table, coming to NBCs of the world saying, Hey, here, here's your money. I, I think, I think it's actually good for the game, uh, in a weird way that, that there is still that much, uh, corporate attention, but, uh, no, I, I don't know. I I'll, I'll be ready for, um, I'll certainly be ready for Augusta and go back to the kind of the CBS, uh, swing, if you will. <clears throat> Johnny, any coverage takes from you? I I didn't watch a whole bunch of it because I was at work. I had it on on my phone, and I did notice that the, the the commercials were ridiculous. I mean, it's just it was you know show one or two golf shots, and it seemed like they were going to a commercial or they were doing some sort of players championship promo. I mean, during down the stretch, they were announcing the featured groups, weren't they? I mean, they were talking about the featured groups for the players championship that they were going to broadcast and it's like okay that's fantastic and all but i mean you know it's like slow down on that and the crew is i think for the most part the broadcast broadcast crew is the best it's better than um than cbs's uh with the exception of, of dan hicks and he seems to have gotten worse and worse and worse over the years i mean you know he just is too kind of too corny and too goofy but i mean you've got You've got, uh, you know, Maltby's good, Gary Koch's good, um, Azinger's good, uh, Jim McKay is probably the best one there now, 
And it's like, it's just, you know, he kind of, instead of, you know, bringing them all together and wrapping it all up, he's just, just a weirdo sometimes and just kind of overplays a bunch of stuff and it just kind of gets, uh, gets aggravating. But, but uh, I don't know. I just, CBS with the drone coverage itself, that, that pretty much wins it for me. I mean, when they were showing those views at, at Riv, I mean, it was, it was some pretty remarkable stuff. So I don't know. I'm, I, I don't expect it to get any better because, you know, it's just going to be the advertising is going to keep, keep going and they're trying to play it through commercials and to make it lessen the impact of these commercials. But I think there's always going to be complaints and, and there's, there's certainly not doing a really good job here. And I don't expect it really to improve through much of the Florida swing. Uh, guys, I almost forgot. Um, I, I wanted to do two minutes on Rory McIlroy. I wasn't going to do anything uh, on Rory, and then he—I had to. I read his quote uh, post round yesterday, and it's—I um, don't know. It's kind of kind of alarming to me. And um, I, I've been saying for a while, this guy's not right. He's not just something's off. Um, you know, rest in peace, old Rory, because this new Rory isn't someone that. Um, I trust on the Sunday. So here's, here's the line. I'll, I'll get your guys' thoughts. Um, I don't know what the question was, but he said, uh, I feel okay. There was some good parts this week. Uh, some stuff that I'm sort of, I don't know what the word is or how to describe it, but just a little dejected. I don't know, like maybe like looking to go in a different direction. I don't know. I need something. I need a spark. I need something and I just don't seem to have it. Some days it's good. Some days it's not. Um, this sounds like a guy that's looking for something and uh, are we going to see like a coach firing, a caddy firing? What do you guys think, Mark? Well, as long as, as long as he doesn't come out with any Navy seal talk, I'm okay with it. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 look, I think, uh, I, I think that going back to, uh, how carefree he looked when he was super young on the tour. And then he signs this huge deal with Nike and then goes on an all time level terror. Uh, I just think the guy's got everything and it, you know, it, it's amazing. He, you know, he's in contention through a couple rounds there and, and really even, even on Saturday uh, for most of the day, I think it's just going to take a, um, it's, it's going to take a performance at Augusta to provide that spark. I think he's kind of a guy that will always look as if he's going through the motions. He's got more money than he could ever imagine. I don't think it's about money, but at the same time, um, until it's almost like he has to prove it to himself. And like you had said in his quote, he said, well, yeah, there was, there were some good things, but then also he was dejected. Like, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take. Obviously, he's not believing in it right now for whatever reason, but I think he's one of the few people uh, on the tour that can uh, sort of go around in a blah mentality, for lack of a better term, and find himself at the top of a leaderboard. So I think he's just going to need to find it on the golf course. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I don't I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, he has, I think it was well-documented when he split with his caddy and he's got his buddy Harry Diamond on the bag. Um, you know, maybe uh, that could be in the cards, perhaps a, a caddy change. You know, he, um, you know, kind of wanted to turn down the grind level. So he gets his buddy on the bag and he's, you know, it's been that way for a number of years now. Maybe it's time to go back to 
to refocus, you know, because if he keeps doing what he's doing, obviously his game's good enough, but is it ever going to be an all-time great? So maybe, maybe that's something he looks at. Donnie, you have the answer. I I wish I did, but when I saw that quote earlier today, when you would show me, because I didn't see it over the weekend, that was, it's kind of alarming. That's just kind of, you know, it, it's, he's kind of hinted at something like that through these interviews because, because of how upfront and honest he is, but yeah, he's just, he's still searching for that last little bit there to, you know, put him over the edge. He can, he can play two or three good rounds of golf in a, in a tournament, but it's, you know, these days on, on the PGA tour, you know, the last 10, 15 years, you've got to put four really good rounds in and, and he's been more inconsistent at that, you know, for goodness, it's been, it's been a while since he's won. So well, since the, was it the players the last time he's won? So, I mean, that's, that's been a couple of years there. And I just think that he's, it's, it's frustrating to him. And, and, you know, I don't know if it's, if it's because of the approach or, or what, but, that that is as someone who who bets on these events, I'm I'm like I don't know what to, what to make of that yet. And right now, you still can't trust him to finish out on a Sunday here. So, going forward, I hope he figures it out. Whether it's you know whether it's to you know find a new caddy or if he's got a swing coach in mind or something like that, is to get in the right mental mental state that'll make him succeed uh, on a more consistent basis throughout a you know a 72 hole tournament. I got a couple of thoughts on this. Uh, uh, the, the the golf specific stuff. Um, uh, learn how to hit a damn wedge, and uh, this will take care of itself. Um, you're the best driver on the freaking planet. Uh, now start hitting wedges close and start playing with some confidence. Um, I also think that this is a little bit bigger than golf for him. Um, this, this issue. And uh, I think it's for maybe a lot of people our age, maybe their mid to late thirties, he's a little younger. Um, but I think he's gotten to the point where he's saying, now what I've been to the pinnacle of the game. I've, I've dominated the sport. I've got four majors, you know, what's, what's next for me. I mean, we all know it's more majors. That's all, that's all we want from him at this point is more major championships, uh, you know, win the masters, get the career grand slam. But I think that aside, I think he's kind of looking for what's, what's next. What would the sports already given me everything? What do I have to do now? Um, and I think he's in this, this bit of limbo and we know that he's, he's had a kid guy. We heard enough about that. And, um, I just, I just think he's in a little bit of a, um, you know, a middle ground where I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure he'll ever get back close to where he was. And, and, and he might say he's a better player now, but the results will, uh, will show otherwise. So he was my pick to win the masters. I might have to uh, hedge on that one um, when we get to the masters. Um, but this week we have the players championship um, guys. Do you think the players deserves uh, a spot on this pedestal that the PGA tour sort of has given it for quite a while now, Johnny. Uh, yeah, it definitely deserves the, the recognition and appreciation. Cause I mean, this is the PGA tours premier stroke play event. So, I mean, it, it, it deserves everything about it. I mean, it's built, uh, on a real tough golf course that they, they, uh, they, you know, they, they set up 
really, really difficult. And it's, I think it deserves a lot of the accolades. I, I don't like how they call it the, you know, the, the fifth major or, or whatever. It's not, there's four majors and that's it. But um, as far as it being the, maybe the fifth largest uh, men's golf tournament in the world, I could easily see it counting as that. So uh, I can leave it at that, but it's as far as, like I said, the PGA tour, as far as their governing body uh, covering or calling it their main event, it is, but beyond that, it is a regular season PGA tour event. Mark, you love the players. Um, what's your take? And uh, you really enjoy this golf course. Yeah, I, I do. And I think, I think a couple of things, I think with the way the tour has, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't even bring this up because I don't know the specifics, but I'm confident though, that there are added incentives outside of a massive winner's check. You know, I think the exemption, five uh, years. Yeah. So, you know, it's definitely the tour has separated it. You know, I think it carries more weight, obviously five-year exemption. Um, you know, the, the, the money, uh, I don't know if the FedEx Cup points structure changes. I don't know if it's on par with like a WGC event. Um, but no, I think I think the biggest thing here is the fact that it has probably the three most iconic finishing holes. Um, you know, I, I would make the argument, um, you know, 16, 17, and 18 probably are the three most recognizable um finishing holes in the game. And I think it's, it holds a, uh, you know, it's unique that it's a tournament that is played every single year. It's uh, same golf course. Now I think fans get accustomed to watching the event, you know, they're going to have the tracker up on Thursday and Friday with the number of balls in the water on 17. It's something that kind of brings guys together around the water cooler. Uh, so from that, I, I think it is, a massive tournament. I'm with Johnny. I don't think, I think the four majors are so, um, you know, steeped with, with tradition and history. I think calling this a fifth major might be a little bit of a stretch. I think for any real golf fan, I mean, uh, you know, it's a great title to have on your resume, but at the same time, it's not a major championship. I think if you look at, um, you know, with, I had mentioned earlier the three finishing holes. Yes, they're very iconic, but at the same time, the players championship has a history of producing. Um, I hate to say it, but like fluky type winners look at obviously, uh, um, I think the most popular one in everyone's mind is Craig perks, what he did there. Um, so it's Pete Dye golf course. And with that, you're going to have some tricks to it. Uh, but it's definitely, I think it deserves the spot on the schedule it has based on the golf course. Um, I, I do know that that walk from uh, 16 green to, to 17 T is, uh, is about 50 to a hundred yards too long. Uh, someone once said, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks Rory for that one. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk about the the course just a little bit, and then we'll get into the to the odds here. I, actually, before I want to do that, I want to um, just one more thing, and we don't have to talk about it too much. But the the every shot live uh, 
uh, I guess, streaming service they're offering for, for the players this year. It's supposed to be done last year, but obviously this event was canceled because of COVID. This was the onset last year, but um, Every Shot Live is 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 going to emulate what the Masters app has provided, which is um, basically every shot being captured on camera. Um, I, I'm sure it's not going to be quote unquote live, but within a reasonable amount of time, it'll be available. Um, maybe within a minute, it'll be on the streaming service. Um, I'm really excited to see if this is actually going to work out. If, you know, if I want to follow, um, you know, Corey Connors this week, if I can actually see every shot, that's what we've been asking for. Um, even if it's within a minute of him hitting the shot, that's, that's better than what, um, you know, most tournaments offer. So be interested to see how this every shot live situation works out. If it's, if it's legit, um, I hope it is. Um, so the players championship, obviously it's an elite field, uh, 48 of the top 50 are here. Matthew Wolf is not, uh, Brooks Kepka is not who withdrew the injury, um, which was really weird. Happened, I guess, you know, really late in the day there yesterday. Um, Super volatile event. Um, we've we've seen, as Mark has mentioned, we've seen some super out of nowhere. I don't want to say fluke winners, but you know, Craig Perks is a pretty fluke winner. Uh, si Wu won here in 2017 as a 500 to one shot. Um, uh, as Mark said, it's 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 sort of the Pete Dye gem. Um, it's not long. It's only 70, just over 7,200 yards. Of course, Bermuda Greens. Um, so much trouble on this course. Uh, you know, it seems like there's, you know, but there's also a lot of, I guess, a lot of risk reward, you know, uh, holes you can really take advantage of. Um, and if you pull the shot off, you can, you can have, you know, good chances at Eagles birdies. And, and if you don't pull it off, you'll, you'll bring double into play quite a bit. Um, it is your typical stadium course. There's just, it's, it's, and Mark said, you know, 16 through 18 is, it's a good finish, whether it's a fabricated finish or not, it's still a good finish. Um, and it's exciting to watch. Um, guys, when I was doing the the research for this, um, it's hard to pinpoint anyone that really, you know, does well here over others. But the one thing that kept drawing me back was, uh, you know, solid iron play, um, good approach play. I guess the one guy that broke that was Webb Simpson in 2018 when he made every single thing he looked at on the greens and it didn't really matter where he hit the ball because he made it. Um, but uh, solid approach play and um, not necessarily length off the tee or um, a ton of fairways. Fairways helps, but just uh, a, a stat that I like on Fantasy National is good drives gained. Um, you know, so look at guys that, that are positioning themselves for their approach shot. And uh, those are the two stats that I looked at. Um, uh, as we get into the odds, um, I'll list off here who we, who we have that's at the top. We got Dustin Johnson favored yet again, no surprise at plus 1200. He's a guy that has never really played great here. I think his, his play has improved from when he was uh, really young in his career. Um, the only guys that are under plus 2000 are DJ uh, Bryson at plus 1500, John Rahm at plus 1500 and Rory at plus 1600. Um, either one of you taking any chance on one of those top four at those numbers, Johnny. Um, I am not going to take any one of those off the bat at, at those numbers there. Um, like you said, DJ is the favorite, but one thing about, 
Pete Dye golf courses, especially this one, and this is very important to consider here, is Pete Dye likes to build liked to build golf courses that would that would mess with your mind, um, and and just I mean he he has the golf courses set up that just look crazy off the tee and look really really difficult and can really really um, mess with your driving eye, and either you love Pete Dye golf courses or you absolutely hate them, so. Like you said, with the approach shots and and off the tee game, because you've got to be able to put the ball in the in the right spots. Um, it's got tough par fours, so I look at par four scoring. But course history does play a lot into this because some guys who just do not like the golf course will not play play well here at all. So DJ is one of them. If I had to pick any one of those four guys, I'd pick John Rahm. Um, probably could have won it what a couple of years ago. Uh, when, when he tried that, that, that shot on that par five there on the back nine and, and end up hitting the water there. But Dustin is uh, DJ's a little <clears> too <throat> short at plus 1200. It's going to be hard to win two weeks in a row. I mean, DeChambeau can, can play well on it, but you know, and Rory, who even knows at this point, I'm not going to play any of them. Although, although I would lean John Rahm, um, on those top four. Mm. Mark, what do you think of those top four? Any anyone you would yeah. take a chance on? I, I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm going to kind of echo Johnny's sentiments. I think that uh, yeah, of course we of course I think we like Dustin Johnson, but I just don't think the value is there. I I, I would I would play uh, John Rahm at plus sixteen hundred. Obviously, um, great great past past experience around around the stadium course. Uh, you know, a guy that I think when it comes down to just pure talent alone, which, which a lot of these, um, big championships tend to do, um, I, I think he's going to be up there. It's a matter of whether or not he can close, but, uh, yeah, I'm not, not really huge on the favorites this week for many different reasons that we just mentioned. <clears throat> The 2000 to 3000 range, I think, is pretty interesting. Uh, Xander, JT at uh, 2000, uh, Cantley and Finau and Morikawa at 2200. Uh, Webb's also at 2200. Uh, Hovland at 2800 and Spieth at 3000. I've already, I've already bet one guy in this range. Uh, he would, he's going to be my pick to win. Um, interested to see who you guys think here. I think there's a lot of good iron players in here. We've had a past winner in this group and web um, Mark thoughts on, on, on that group. I'm going to, I, I, I would say um, my pick out of those guys, I'm looking at Tony Finau. Uh, I think that he's obviously it's well-documented how he's been playing. Um, I think this golf course uh, you know, Ricky Fowler was able to break through here in 2015 for kind of his signature win. Um, you know, I, I, I could see Tony Finau doing the same thing. I think that his uh, driving ability, he's going to put the ball in play. He can get it deep down there. Some of these, uh, you know, as you had mentioned, risk reward type holes, I think with his length and accuracy, he might be able to drive it straight and long enough uh, to get get at some of these tight flag sticks uh, throughout the weekend. So I really like Tony Finau. I, I don't know 
I'm, I, I don't have FanDuel or DraftKings up. I'm seeing him at 2,500 uh, plus 2,500. So I uh, like Finau. And again, not to, not to jump ahead. I, I really like this week, uh, Tommy Fleetwood. You know, I think he fits the bill here, drives it great, solid iron player. And I think there's good value uh, on Tommy this week. Man, he got he got evaporated on on Sunday uh, I, I, yet again. I, I was hoping Tommy was gonna you know make some noise and and by the fifth hole he was he was off the coverage and uh, <laughs> I, I I just mm, I, disappointed by him yet again. Um, Johnny, what do you think in that that two thousand to three thousand range? Well, let me let me first first point out. I know we've talked a little bit about Jordan Spieth here. Um, sitting at plus three thousand, we say you know he's about ready to, to um, break through and, and win that event. Jordan Spieth in this event, twenty fifteen miscut, cut, twenty sixteen miscut, cut, twenty seventeen miscut, cut, twenty eighteen tie for forty first, twenty nineteen miscut. cut. Don't bet him. Don't don't bet him. Just stay away from him right now. If you make if he ends up making the cut and playing pretty well, live bet him. Don't don't waste your hard-earned money though on a pre-tournament bet. Just because like I, I said here just a couple minutes ago, that if, if this golf course messes with your eye, it is really hard to have confidence with. And a lot of times these guys win at these events because they've played in the events a long time. It fits their eye and and they play real well. So uh wanted to get that out there. Sorry, Jordan. I know we talked you down last week, but I mean it this time. I mean, I mean, um, we got burned. I do like la- we got burned last week when we picked him to miss the cut, and then he tries to go ahead and win. So I, I'll be now. I'll bet him top ten just because you said that. Uh, do it. <laughs> uh, that's fine. I mean, you can go ahead. You can go ahead and have. Like I said, maybe maybe this is different, and we end up, uh, you know, live betting there. But I do like Fino not to win because, I mean, Fino's got to play on Sunday, so I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 60, 64 uh, Riviera. Sorry to interrupt, Johnny. I was that, just that, I was blown that's a little true. That, just, that's that's not just wrong. some friendly yeah, banner. Um I'm still um I, I do like uh and I'll probably I think Phil, you agree with me here. I do like Patrick Cantley. Um he's twenty two hundred is a pretty good number there. And you know, he's a guy who's who's had success. Drives it really well. Uh, iron play is fantastic. Puts the ball, uh, puts the ball pretty good. You know, he can play pretty much any kind of golf course. And and uh, I have a feeling that's who you picked. And and I, I think he just he sticks out at me in that group um, as the, the anybody three thousand or better. That that's kind of the guy to be looking at for a win. Yeah, real quick, uh, Mark uh, Finau did shoot sixty four on Sunday Riviera, and then he he. He had the golden opportunity to to close it on the playoff, and he couldn't do it in typical Tony Finau fashion. Who do you guys think? Who do you guys think wins first, or gets their next win? Tony Finau or Jordan Spieth? Ooh, Johnny, I'll pivot. I'll I'll punt to you first. Oh man, um, I, I I'm going to say Tony Finau. That's that's a really hard one, though. I mean, I. I I don't know if I trust, I, I, I guess, you know, I mean, but I, I have no, I have nothing to back that up by. Cause I just said, Jordan Spieth is ready to win. I think Tony Fino is as ready to win 
<laughs> if not more than speed. But I trust Tony Finau to hit fairways and greens a little bit more consistently. And, and you know, he just got, has to have a good good putting stretch. And, and like Mark said, I mean, 64 at Riv on the final day, that is phenomenal. And just couldn't couldn't close it out, you know. Um, I, I think if I had to, if I had to bet, I, I'm going Finau. Not, I would say, Phil, really quick, if I could just jump in. I I, th- I think all signs point to Tony Finau getting that uh, getting that win before Spieth, but I, I'm going to say Spieth just based off Spieth knows how to win. He's proven it time and time again. Um, you know, so so if, if you know, held, feet held to the fire, I'll say Jordan Spieth gets it done before Tony Finau, but he shouldn't. I mean, there's no... Nothing, nothing points that way other than other than the fact I think when when the time comes that Spieth does um, you know find his way again I think I think his wins are going to be you know I think he's on the cusp of you know multiple two three four win seasons here for the next few years so it's just a matter of time. Yeah, ne- nearly four years uh, since Spieth's last win, and and more than five years now since Finau's last win and only win. Um, Yes, I, I do love Patrick Cantley this week. That is my pick to win. He's, uh, he's been since the fall. Um, you know, he beat he beat Rom and, and JT uh, uh, out in uh, Sherwood um, in October. He's you know he was close at uh, in Palm Springs. He's he was close at Pebble. He profiles really well for this course because he just does everything really solidly across the board. Um, he's he's a really smart player. I think he can think of his way around this golf course. And um, I always subscribe to you know his his sort of stature in the game as a guy that is due for a, a big win. And I, I think he's he's ready to to get a trademark victory. Um, I do love Cantley this week at twenty two hundred. Um, uh, and, and a part of me, I, I, I can't really quit Justin Thomas for some reason, because I still can't, I can't look at a, a plus 2000 by his name and, and, and not take a chance on him. Um, I mean, we're talking about a guy that is normally in this field, you know, at least the second or third favorite and, uh, JT's made more birdies around this course since he started playing here in 2015 than anyone else. He has professed his love for this golf course. He has played well here in the past. He's, he's had a third place finish. Um, uh, I don't know if he'll be necessarily make my pick sheet, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I ended up betting him. And I don't know why, why corn Colin Morikawa wouldn't set up well here. Um, uh, especially coming off a win. The only thing that gives me pause is, is, is Morikawa going to win a major a WGC and a players all by the age of 24? It just seems too much. It's too much of a historical thing that he would have going. It just seems too much uh, too early, but God, you couldn't, it doesn't feel like you could go wrong betting Morikawa at that number. Um, 3,000 to 5,000, um, you know, Mark's already mentioned Tommy Fleetwood in there. Um, uh, Berger at 33, Hatton at 3,500. Hatton actually was third in T to green last week. He just putted awful. Um, Paul Casey at 4,000. Hideki, who was the first round leader last year when it got canceled at 4,000. Patty Reed at 4,000. Uh, Fleetwood at 4,500. Uh, J Day, 
and let's see, Matt Fitzpatrick, Scotty Scheffler at 5,000. There's some names in there that definitely have some, some potential. Um, anyone stand out to you, Johnny? Um, I, I, I was going to say, I, I like Fleetwood maybe to win top 10, pretty good. Again, he's going to have that, that Sunday thing where, where it seems that unless he's way back in the pack and kind of can just freewheel it, he doesn't usually play well on Sundays, but sets up so well for him. And he's had some, uh, uh, reasonable success here. So he sees the golf course yeah. pretty well. Um, European, Matsuyama, Europe, he's a he's European female. Well yes. said. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. But Hideki, I do. I don't know if he could throw four rounds together because his playing is that, that inconsistent. I do like him for a first round lead, like he did last year. Um, and you know, he he's got some value in the top ten. Um, kind of all those guys. I mean, Hatton, uh, Tyrrell Hatton looks pretty good to me. I don't love a lot of people this week for a win bet uh, right off the bat, but I do like a lot of these top 10 and top 20s. And um, a lot of those guys that, you, that we mentioned, I mean, uh, Hatton, Matsuyama, I mean, Pat, Pat Reed could probably get around on the golf course pretty good. Fleetwood, Day. I mean, they're all pretty good options um, to look at uh, at least top 10 bets. Mark, anyone besides uh, Tommy? You like there? Yeah, I mean, I I think I think again, if you look at, uh, you know, if, if we look at how this leaderboard should shape up, uh, I do like Patrick Reed, um, and I do like Jason Day. I mean, obviously, uh, guys that, again, you know, I I don't think I don't think they're getting any win bet action from me personally this week, but uh, if they get in or near the lead on Sunday afternoon. I think Jason Day, obviously, he's he's been, uh, you know, he he could certainly use a win if he's if he's fully healthy. Now I know he's kind of been battling an injury off and on, but but I do like in that group. I'd say Patrick Reed, Jason Day, um, going down a little bit more. Phil, what do you show uh, Paul Casey at? I think Paul Casey, uh, I love this week for a top ten bet. Um, four plus four thousand to win, uh, four hundred for top ten. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Paul Casey again, kind of fits that, uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I'm really just thinking this, but I feel like Europeans tend to play well around this place. Um, you know, so I, I do like Paul Casey this week and then even a little bit deeper Joaquin Neiman. Um, I think obviously he wins and, uh, wins early on at, uh, at Kapalua. Um, but I think Joaquin Neiman has some again longer odds, good value on a on a top twenty, top ten, uh, but maybe even has the firepower to to win around Sawgrass. Uh, Mark, Mark, I uh, you stole my thunder. I was I was going to bring out the Paul Casey love, and then and then you kind of brought it up before me. But I I actually am surprised myself because normally um, I dog the hell out of Casey because I don't think he's a, a winner and I don't trust him. But his numbers are—he's uh, hitting the hell out of the ball. He's—he's he's gained. He gained five strokes on approach this last week. Um, he was really bad off the tee. Traditionally, that's not the case with him. He's finished top ten in his last three uh, PJ Tour events. He had the European Tour win as well. Um, and to me, he fits the profile of uh, 
really solid ball striker. I don't, I don't love him on the greens for sure, but he's also in that, that age range of like a KJ Choi when KJ Choi won here early forties. I don't think he's ever going to win a major, but I could see him making the players as, as you know, his, the crown jewel of his career. So I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going to bet Paul Casey to win um, uh, or as one of my win bets this week. Um, and uh, I think he profiles pretty decent this week. Um, going down, you know, the odds get pretty steep here, but uh, anyone plus 5,000 to plus 10,000 that in, in, in the right scenario, you could see winning. I have two guys here that, I mean, it's probably the same two guys that I continually talk about. It's Sanjay M and uh, Will Zalatoris. I don't know if Zalatoris is ready to win, but he top 25s every single event. So you'd probably be smart to just do a top 10 or top 20 bet on Zalatoris. But a plus 7,000 can do a lot worse than him. And uh, Sanjay at 5,500, I guess I I just always think Sanjay in Florida is a good pick. And uh, with his iron play, um, what do you guys think? Mark, or sorry, Johnny, go ahead. If you if there's anyone in this range that you see as a live, uh, you know, pick to win, there, yeah, there's a few uh, that that did stick out. Um, one guy I do like is uh, Abe Answer. Um, plays Pete Dye golf course as well. Um, played Harbor Town pretty good. Hits his. When he gets his irons going, now he cannot get his irons going, and he can be really, really, really mediocre at best. But when he's playing well with his irons, which is what you've got to do around there, and you got to get it on the uh, right side of these greens here, I I like him. Uh, and at plus seven hundred at as a top ten, with possibly looking at uh, you know a live win bet. I mean that that's pretty good there. Uh, guy with course history, um, Sergio Garcia. Um, plus 8,000 to win. I don't know if he's going to win and I don't know if I'd bet him on Wednesday to win, but I mean, he's had top tens there and he's, uh, and he's won there before. So, um, that's going to be Paul Goidos, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, anyways. And then, and another guy I like not necessarily to win, but a guy who, uh, I think can do pretty well. There's Louis Oosthuizen. Um, strokes game par fours. I think I saw he was top 15 or 16 in the field. Um, been playing pretty solid, um, uh, lately here. And I think he's a pretty good iron player, just an all around, uh, solid player here that, that, uh, I'd, I'd be looking at him. I, I don't know if I could again, bet him to win, but I, I could see a high finish and just kind of plodding along there and, and, you know, suddenly winding up in the top 10 or top 20. Uh, Mark, yeah. I, I know I know you got a, a bomb or two uh, for us. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what I really like. Uh, I know you hit hit on the plus seven thousand pick a few weeks ago with Max Homa. I like um, I like Billy Horschel. Kind of a home game for for Billy, Florida Gator. Uh, I, I see a little head shake. You're not. <laughs> I, just, I just he's he's burned he, you. He's in inti- no, I just don't like. It. He's just intolerable to listen to. He has one a good event, and then he becomes the authority <laughs> on golf. <laughs> no, I, I I do like uh, I, I like Billy Horschel a little bit in that range. Um, I like e- even going a little bit deeper. Uh, I like Alanto Griffin at, at uh, 
one going off here. I'm showing hundred to one. Uh, Sam Burns, Kevin Kisner, also there, hundred to one. How about Brandon Grace? Um, I don't know if anybody noticed. Obviously, he he gets back in the winner's circle. I think again, a, a super solid international player that um, you know it, it went through a lot, but but found found kind of that winning formula again. Looking uh, looking a little bit deeper down the board, but uh, yeah, I think I think a guy like Billy Horschel has the firepower to get it done. Uh, it just kind of fits the players' championship mold. I think sometimes uh, the tour gets these, uh, you know, like uh, like a Sergio Garcia. Not that not that there are similarities, but but I feel like when Sergio did beat Paul Goidos, uh and what was it, seventeen maybe. Um, you know, I, I I could see Billy Horschel doing something crazy on on sixteen and then hitting it close on seventeen. So he's he's kind of my gut feeling in in that range this week. Before we get into the real deep guys down the board, um, Max Homa at at plus eleven thousand. He's he he's a West Coast guy. He wins in Riviera. Played really solidly last week um, at API. Um, I think he's a pretty good iron player. Um, I, I think there's, there's, you know, there's something there. I also don't mind Russell Henley at 125 to one. If you're talking about iron play being important, um, he really hasn't, he was really hot in the fall, but he hasn't done a lot the last few events. Um, Johnny, anyone over a hundred to one and on your, on your sheet that you like. I think Homa has got a lot of value, but what Homa concerns me is he, the amount of weeks that he's played in a row. Some point, like it's he, he's going to end up crashing. Like he was supposed to have the WGC at the Concessions Golf Club. Um, uh, he was supposed to miss that one, but he with the win, he ended up qualifying for it and everything. So, you know, he's has he hasn't had a week off here, but as good as he's playing, and he, he played pretty solid at at uh, uh, API there that he could be worth some value there. Um, one guy, um, and I know you've mentioned him several times here um, that uh, I think is, has some value here is Cameron Tringali. Um, good iron player. Uh, what is he? 125 to one. Um, good iron player plays par four is pretty good. Uh, you know, surf skate approach has always been pretty solid for him. Um, I like what, uh, you know, he he's a little bit crooked and everything, and and can't, with that putter sometimes can't get can't get it going. But you know, you just gotta gotta hit some greens there, and and I, I like that value there. And you don't have, you know obviously not necessarily as a win bet, but you can look at him top ten, top twenty, top thirty, or or whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, that one and. I mean, Russell Henley fits the the metric that we that we're picking as is a pretty good pick, but yeah. you know he's just he's just really struggling with the putter. But he's just got he's a good putting week from a top ten finish. So those are the, kind of the two I've focused on. Uh, Keegan Bradley's played here well. That's another guy I forgot to mention. Um, played okay last week. You know, maybe he carries it over and has some success. Maybe first round lead on him, something like that. Oh, love, love Keegan as first round lead on, on a lot of tournaments because, uh, you know, I don't actually think he's going to win a lot. Um, man, tough, tough scene on, on, on our boy, Rick, huh? Down there 150 to one, man, never, 
Never thought I'd see that. Uh, real tough scene last week. Uh, How about D- Faldo's tweet? Did you guys see that? Or did oh, you man. Think about that? Well, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, why don't you talk about that, Mark? Basically, he uh, he was just made uh, made his feelings known to the world that he thinks that instead of shooting another commercial, Ricky needs to work a little bit more on his game, and just so on brand for Nick Faldo. Like right when right when uh, the squares shoe uh, pitch was kind of like people were starting to forget about it. Hopefully, and like giving Faldo a little bit of slack. He just hammers you with that. So no, I just thought it was very on brand for Nick Faldo. Um, and is, I thought a little harsh. Was he, is he wrong? Um, no. <laughs> nope. and, and, no. And like, and like a lot of, well, like a lot of things, like sometimes, uh, yeah, you, the, the truth hurts. Right. And <laughs> I think, I think he, uh, no, I don't think he's, I don't think he was wrong necessarily. And, and then he, but then he walked it back and apologized. You know, so he kind of gave it back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> Fowler, Fowler is really struggling and uh, I don't think he's making the masters guys. Um, uh, so my, my long bomb, Mark, you'll appreciate this uh, of the week. And uh, he actually profiles super well here. And Johnny and I have picked him countless times for first round leader. He's going off at 300 to one to win and eight, uh, plus 1800 for top 10 is, uh, uh, the inventor of basketball, Matthew Naismith. Um, he <laughs> is, um, uh, you know, traditionally a fast starter. Um, but he's a incredibly good iron player. Um, and you know, why not at that number? And, uh, he's, he, he actually flashed in the, the, the good driving stat that I was talking about earlier as well. Um, in the last 36 rounds, he is fourth in this field in approach. And the only guys better are DJ Morikawa and Russell Henley. Um, so at 300 to one, you're getting a guy that is flashing the iron play in his last 36 rounds. He's a good driver of the ball. Um, that's my, that's my deep dive of the I love week. It. I love it. I lock it in $1 to win $300. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a couple names here. Brant Snedeker played well here, obviously in terrible form as of late. Um, one one play that I actually like that's I don't feel uh, is too crazy is Richie Wierenski coming off 200 to one top five last week, made the cut here in 19. So, um, you know, if if nothing else, he, he's in good form and he's and he's played okay around here. Um, a Jonathan Vegas vet. I think, I think Johnny Vegas, uh, again at Puerto Rico a couple weeks ago with Brandon Grace, he was in the hunt there for a while, uh, extremely long odds there, but you know, it's just, uh, you know, that's what makes this tournament so much fun. And we've talked about it. I love, I love, uh, the inventor of basketball going <laughs> off at, at those long odds, as you mentioned, all great reasons to bet him. Um, but no, I, I, it's, it's interesting looking through here. Um, and Adam long, you know, Adam long could, could top 20. I think that's a good bet, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. I, I mean, um, it's, it seems kind of silly to talk about it right down this range, but I mean, like I said, Siwoo won here in 2017 as a 500 to one shot. Um, 
Johnny, anyone deep down that we can we can kind of finish off on that you can you can give us a four hundred to five hundred to one shot here? Well, I don't see Kenny Pigman, which is really really disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but if I yeah. had to, if I I actually haven't even scrolled down this far to look at this, but I. <laughs> I have no nothing to 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 argue why this is a good pick, but but Sep Straka jumps it. out. Yep, and I don't know why, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put something on him. <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll figure it. out why by the time we post the picks why he's a good good pick for some sort of money there. But something jumps out at me. I don't know why. I just uh, I see that name. And I've seen it a little bit. I'm going to go with him. I, I've got a lot of love for the long-hitting Austrian myself. Uh, and I, I love Sepp Straka. Uh, we talked about Craig Perks earlier um, when he won here in, was it 2002? Yeah. I believe I so. He, I, I just so. I just found this. He was, his odds were 1,000 to 1, and he won. So... <laughs> Yeah, it seems kind of goofy, but this this tournament has offered uh, some long shots for sure, and it's also offered you know top of the board guys. I I feel like the way things are going in golf now, uh, a guy that's one of the top players wins this week. Um, it just feels like at the larger tournaments, we're seeing it more and more. Top twenty, top thirty players are winning the bigger tournaments. Um, I'd be surprised if it's not one of those top guys. Final thoughts on the players in all caps johnny um I, I yeah i have to completely agree with that um in this in this day and age it seems like uh, how the the state of the pga tour especially with a big event like this it, it's probably highly likely that uh, a top 20 or 30 guy is going to end up winning this um i'm not going to start start out with many of the, the win bets because if any guy kind of gets sideways with uh with their with their score you know you get a little bit of wind out there and they're not feeling it they're going to miss the cut by a lot so there's going to be guys that we're going to mention in this uh that we mentioned here in this this podcast that aren't even going to come close to making the the cut and there's going to be some that you know we didn't even consider or didn't like in this uh that that are going to end up playing well so i think this is a good week to do a lot of uh, a lot of live betting um because you just don't know what this golf course is going to offer. I mean, with it, with, uh, with it being a P bag golf course, uh, we're probably going to get some, some wins, you know, the traditional spring Florida winds and they got that sub air system in the, in the green. So they could really dry that golf course or dry the greens out. And, and if they want to make it, uh, really, really rock hard as far as, uh, green reception there, it, it, it could really, uh, you know, affect uh, certain players quite a bit here. So just be careful with your bets before Wednesday, um, but really pay attention to it and really focus on guys who've who've played well at this golf course before, because I think they're going to be the uh, the ones who succeed the most just because they're most familiar with it. Mark, finish us yeah. off. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd say I'm 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 agree with with both of you guys. I think we're going to get I think we're going to get a stalwart that that comes out on top, but. One thing I'm really anxious to see, and um, you know, I, I'm anxious to see that name in that, uh, you know, 500 to one or, or deeper category that kind of stays around longer than he should. Um, 
I think it's just a lot of fun to watch, watch this tournament play out. And, um, you know, really who can handle their nerves the best coming down the stretch, uh, Sunday afternoon. That's what I'm looking forward to most. And, uh, hopefully we get another exciting finish. Yeah. I, I, the last three holes Sunday, I hope it's tight. I hope those, uh, those last few holes are entertaining. Um, and uh, I guess we'll see what player thinks that walk from 16 green to 17 T is 50 to hundred yards too long. Um, Johnny, Mark, thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was fun. Let's get a good week here. Yeah. Time to, time to redeem ourselves and uh, have a comeback week. Your best bet on Instagram, your best bet on Facebook uh, that will have all three of our picks by Wednesday. Um, appreciate you guys listening, continuing to support the podcast. Um, and we will catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>